Welcome to HealthCast, the heartbeat of health IT. I'm Alexander Bolova, production lead at GovCIO Media and Research, and today we're discussing the top health IT trends of 2022 and what to look out for in the coming year. With me today is senior researcher Sarah Seibert and staff writer researchers Catherine McPhail and Nikki Henderson. Hi, everyone. Hi, Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi, Alex. Before we jump into the episode, I've got a random question for you all. Have you ever broken a bone? I have not that I'm aware of. However, I feel like I might have fractured something because I have some uh, numb spots in my shins <laughs> from like falling snowboarding. I also grew up in the middle of nowhere. So like my activity was walking on the top rail of our fence of our 10 acre farm. And I fell off the top board one time and hit my leg on the board. So that sounds really painful. And I had no idea you grew up on a farm. Yeah, yeah. At one point, we had like 12 animals at one point. Did you have a favorite? Probably our dog. We had a chocolate lab named Nestle. Oh, that's really cute. <laughs> what about you, Nikki? Have you broken a bone? Knock on wood. I have not broken a bone, but I thought I broke a bone. Last year, I went walking and tripped on some really high concrete, and I hit the ground pretty hard. And I actually thought I may have broken a bone, but uh, luckily I didn't. So, so no, and I hope it stays that way. <laughs> All right, Catherine, is it going to be a clean sweep of no broken bones? Actually, um, when I was a kid, I, I tripped and I, I fell up the stairs and I, I did break my arm that way, which was so sad and so lame. And um, the other children were not impressed by me. <laughs> you mean you didn't make up a story about how you broke your arm? I don't know, like jumping into the Grand Canyon. I really should have. I really should have. <laughs> but no, I was like, I fell walking up the stairs and they were like, not, not down, up. Yeah. <laughs> but now I think it's even at the time, I think I thought it was pretty funny. So <laughs> anything for attention. Well, broken bones are just one example of the kind of health information you could find in an electronic health record one of the biggest topics of conversation in 2022 today we're going to discuss trends such as ehrs and how they are shaping the year ahead in health it to start our conversation let's take a look back at some of the most notable stories of the year sarah want to start Yes. So I'm sure, Alex, you especially have heard me talk about this on every podcast platform at this point. But in August 2022, President Biden signed the PACT Act into law, which introduced new benefits for over 3.5 million veterans. At the beginning of January, VA started processing all these PACT Act claims. And some of the big news that has come out of this are uh, some workforce strategies and how VA is leveraging automation. So Veterans Benefits Administration is developing automated decision support to help employees process claims. And these tools have been utilized at eight regional offices, which are the agency's pilot sites. 
And then because of the claims influx, VA initiated a widespread hiring push for both claims processors and healthcare professionals. VBA hired over 2,000 new employees to help process claims. In the first six months of fiscal year, VBA plans to hire around 2,000 additional employees. 40% have been onboarded to date. And then it plans to hire another 2,500 for the remainder of the fiscal year. So while I've explained this in a lot of different varieties on a lot of different platforms, it's the biggest expansion of veteran benefits in a generation. So I think it deserves the hype. It certainly does. Catherine, do you have a news story that you want to share? I do. Um, So 2022 was a major year for health interoperability. And in particular, in August, ONC and HRSA announced a new U.S. Core Data for Interoperability or USCDI Plus collaboration. USCDI Plus is a standardized set of health data classes for building a nationwide interoperable health information exchange. And this collaboration with HRSA will help support HRSA's uniform data system reporting through the UDS modernization initiative. To add on to what Catherine said, last year we interviewed Ryan Argentieri, who's the deputy director of the Office of Technology at ONC, and Alex Ripipatana, director of the Division of Data and Evaluation at HRSA. Uh, So they discussed how their agencies are aligning the UDS with interoperable standards and transitioning to patient-level reporting requirements with the USCDI and other quality reporting efforts. Catherine, is there anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I think um, one thing that's exciting about the initiative is that this can also help with data-driven health equity efforts um, and also help streamline operations for HRSA. And also this past year, ONC released USCDI version 3, which added new data classes to promote health equity, and that included data classes for health status, accessibility, and health insurance information. And this data standardization is really important across the board, and it's also important in helping the Biden-Harris administration meet its executive orders on advancing racial equity and driving data-driven decision-making in public health. Great. Nikki, do you have a story? I certainly do. Uh, Cyber was a big topic in the news for 2022. All year long, we heard about cybersecurity, cyber attacks, and cyber has been a top priority for all health and civilian agencies. For instance, the Food and Drug Administration has been taking steps to improve medical device cybersecurity. Medical devices are very susceptible to security breaches like ransomware, which can impact medical devices by interrupting patient care for weeks at a time, which is not only ineffective, but extremely unsafe. So as this cyber threat landscape expands, Kevin Fu, acting director of medical device cybersecurity at the FDA Center for Devices and Radiological Health, He's been stressing the importance of meaningful threat modeling, which he feels is key to securing a medical device. Fu said the FDA has also released a playbook on threat modeling, which addresses not only the known vulnerabilities, but also the unknown vulnerabilities, especially with legacy devices, because they're the ones that have been around for a while 
And so uh, Fu says now they're seeing the software of legacy devices wear out faster than the mechanics of those devices, which is leaving them very vulnerable, which is why the uh, FDA will continue to accelerate the process of securing those devices, Alex. And so the threat modeling is the cybersecurity equivalent to what the safety community might call hazard analysis. And uh, it's so important that actually uh, FDA recently announced a new playbook for medical device threat modeling. Uh, we sponsored the uh, MDIC and MITRE uh, to create this playbook to help manufacturers cope with how do you create a very meaningful uh, threat model for a medical device? How do you characterize these types of threats in a predictable way as opposed to sort of a checkboxy way? Uh, so that you can defend not only against known vulnerabilities, but unknown vulnerabilities. And that's the real power, in my view, of threat models, is that you can actually get out in front of these problems and defend against vulnerabilities you haven't even seen yet if you have a very meaningful threat model. Yeah, cybersecurity is a really important facet of health IT. And if you are interested in learning more about cybersecurity, we have a whole sister podcast, Cybercast, that reports on that. You can find that all the places you listen to your podcasts. So based on these news stories, what do you think were 2022's top trends in health IT? One of the frequent flyers on HealthCast this year was the Federal Electronic Health Record Modernization Office's director, Bill Tinston. Uh, he joined us a couple times over the year to discuss how EHRs are evolving. So a lot has happened across the electronic health record landscape since the start of 2022. DOD, VA, Coast Guard, and now NOAA are working toward a common operating model, converged workflows, and optimization to drive interoperability. Well, it's uh, if you look at the electronic health record, the common federal health record across DOD, VA, and the Coast Guard at this point, the, the successes are actually pretty astounding, right? Uh, we have changed from two individual programs and then the Coast Guard joining to a unified program delivering an electronic health record and uh, capability across this huge segment of the, the national health system, the VA and the DOD and the Coast Guard combined. And, and the shift has been a recognition that it's one thing and that driving towards convergence and doing things together. And I like to say sometimes that the firm is about the things that we do together, not the things that we both do. Initially, there was a big focus on the tech side of things, like how will the system work, how will the system integration between different agencies work, things like that. But since rollouts began, agencies began to recognize that there needs to be greater focus on training and change management. So when we look at 2022 trends, both inside and outside electronic health records, agencies are looking to change the culture to integrate more modern principles that can successfully use and adopt new technologies. So, Sarah, if you had to sum up all of that in one trend, what would that be? change management. All right. Thank you, Sarah. Catherine, what is your trend? So my trend is health equity. 
in 2021, Biden signed the executive order on advancing racial equity and support for underserved communities through federal government. And within the federal health space, this order really helped catalyze a focus on health equity. HHS and VA both released equity action plans to expand health coverage and improve outcomes for underserved communities, addressing the social and economic determinants of health. This last year, we caught up with Bakul Patel, who was serving at the time as the Chief Digital Health Officer of Global Strategy and Innovation at the FDA, to talk about some of the ways that FDA has been thinking about health equity. So FDA is running a digital health center of excellence, and part of the goal there is to really anticipate and get out ahead of emerging technologies. Patel says that they don't want to just follow the technology, they really want to be ready for it. And as they're thinking about policies and practices, health equity is a major focus in how they're considering digital health services. So one thing they're excited about is the opportunity for how new digital technologies can expand health access, and in particular, expand access to clinical trials. So things like remote monitoring and telehealth could create a new opportunity for remote clinical trials to folks who might not traditionally be able to participate. But he also spoke to how, in general, digital delivery models for healthcare also, they have the potential to expand access to rural and underserved populations, but only if we can overcome digital divides and get technology and technology literacy to all communities. Um, Sarah, you actually did the interview with Bakul Patel. Is there anything you would like to add on this topic or about the interview? I think you hit all the marks in terms of summarizing the interview. I think if the listeners want to learn more, they can uh, check that out. But in terms of trends, I think over the past year, there's been a bigger emphasis on data sharing as it relates to health equity. So in order to make care equitable, data has to be shareable, but some of the current data privacy policies like HIPAA can pose challenges. There's also an emphasis on developing health equity frameworks. So one example would be making technologies accessible for all populations. COVID really exposed gaps here with solutions like telehealth. While telehealth allows you to have a doctor's appointment in your home, which is technically more accessible. People that don't have access to internet, like those in rural populations, uh, have challenges. So these are some of the topics members of our Health Tech Equity Working Group will discuss. So stay tuned for updates there. Health equity with a focus on data sharing even though that is a trend for 2022, I'm sure that we're going to be seeing a lot of that in 2023. Nikki, what is your trend? I'd have to say my trend is artificial intelligence or AI. In 2022, uh, new technologies like artificial intelligence, as well as machine learning, played a role in data operations at some health and civilian agencies. AI and ML were particularly helpful in improving drug addiction treatment at the National Institute on Drug Abuse. NIDA Program Director for Big Data and Computational Science, Susan Wright, said AI and ML have not only helped the agency better understand drug and addiction data, but it has enhanced overall healthcare system operations and led to positive patient outcomes, which is really good news. Wright also highlighted NIDA's intramural research program, or IRP, 
that utilizes smartphone technology to deliver evidence-based addiction treatment uh, interventions to people who are at a financial disadvantage. So the ARP program is showing a lot of promise at NIDA, as well as overall um, AI. It continues to boost data operations in actual drug abuse research at NIDA, which is uh, really great. So change management, health equity, and artificial intelligence were the trends that defined 2022. Looking ahead to 2023, what health IT trends do you think we will see in the year ahead? I think one of the trends that we will see for 2023 is data and data used as a superpower, in fact. Government agencies learned so many lessons from the COVID-19 pandemic. And Dylan George, the Director of Operations for the Center for Forecasting and Outbreak Analytics at the CDC, said going forward, that is CFA's mission, is to use data as a superpower, especially when it comes to future health emergencies and being prepared for them. George said they want to use better data better analytics for better response. And he said they are focused on that better response in 2023. George said they are trying to build an analytical toolbox, for example, that would include machine learning ops that would help CDC inform Americans of a public health crisis in a more timelier manner and keep them safe. CFA is also looking into new partnerships that would further equitable applications of the data to serve all Americans as well. One of the things that we're really interested in right now is how do we use machine learning ops or ML ops sorts of capabilities to help us understand what is the full workflow of how do we get the data, analyze the data, um, use different computational power, and then visualize or inform different sorts of uh, decision makers. So that that whole process of how we use do that has been developed very nicely within machine learning operations or ML ops. And so we've been very interested in trying to figure out how do we use different technologies that have been developed recently to enable those sorts of capabilities going forward. So I think data is going to be a really really big thing in 2023. Also, as far as data is concerned, there are some exciting things on the horizon at the National Institutes of Health. For 2023, during a recent interview with Dr. Susan Gregorik for our Health IT Deep Dive, Dr. Gregorik told me that the most recent data managed policy in NIH will go into effect in a couple of weeks, actually on January 25th. And she believes it's going to be a real culture change. It will require researchers to plan for how they're going to manage and share their data. So Gregorik and her team are currently working also to create a cloud lab for researchers who have limited resources to explore the cloud or who have no experience in cloud computing to help with data sharing. Also, NIH is gearing up for its 2023 through 2028 strategic plan for data science, and it's expected to be released sometime this summer. So we will definitely uh, be keeping an eye out for that, Alex. 
data as a superpower, maybe not as popular as flight or reading minds, but certainly a very necessary and cool one. Catherine, what is your trend for 2023? My trend is the future of telehealth. So one thing that I'm a little excited about is the work that's happening over at the National Cancer Institute. Um, we all know that the use of telehealth expanded during the pandemic, and NCI is studying best practices for continued integration in cancer care. I think it's really rare to see the scope and scale of technology adoption that we saw with telehealth during the pandemic, and that did lead to a bit of a void in studies and evidence because we had to scale it up so quickly. So NCI has established four telehealth centers of excellence that are really going to be looking at best practices and sort of the pros and cons of where telehealth is best applied. We know that for cancer patients who live far from their health centers or for people who are undergoing treatments or have illnesses that leave them feeling sick and fatigued, and for folks who are immunocompromised, being able to have certain healthcare appointments virtually can be a huge burden relief for that patient and for their caregivers. And if you're relieving burdens, that can also help to expand access. At the same time, telehealth integration, if it's not done carefully, has the potential to create new barriers for people who have limited access to technology or people who struggle to operate technology. So there is some big questions about how to appropriately implement this so that it does have the effect of expanding access. But as far as developing best practices goes, we sat down with Robin Vanderpool, who's the chief of the Health Communication and Informatics Research Branch at NCI. During the pandemic, we literally flipped a switch and the entire healthcare system, whether it was primary care, oncology, other specialties, uh, everyone started using telehealth services. And telehealth has actually been around for a long time, um, over 40 years, and primarily used uh, for what folks might think of, uh, you know, rural healthcare, for example, um, and also provider to provider opportunities of exchanging medical information and training. And so to see it really elevate as it did during the pandemic was something else. Um, and as you noted, Often, uh, we have to catch up to necessity. Um, we had to have this model of care during the pandemic, and what does it look like to deliver cancer-related care in this way? And that's what this opportunity, this research opportunity is about, is establishing those best practices um, and to dive into these potential benefits and drawbacks of telehealth delivery. Vanderpool discussed the importance of building trust in the patient-provider relationship, and one of the things that the Telehealth Research Centers of Excellence is going to be investigating is something that's being referred to as website manner, and I found that really interesting. So that includes best practices for physicians during telehealth appointments. Physicians have long trained in bedside manner and how to deliver bad news, but now NCI is studying that in a virtual setting. So they're building recommendations for everything from basic video etiquette, where you should be looking, what to consider in your background, to more complicated things like how to give somebody training on a new medicine or a medical device or an exercise over video and what that should look like. 
So NCI stood up its four telehealth research centers of excellence this year, and we'll be watching to see what research comes from those. And we'll also be watching other agencies such as HRSA, which has its own office for the advancement of telehealth and is also studying long-term integration. So I think that there's lots to look forward to there. And if our listeners aren't already, your Cancer HealthCast miniseries is really informative and a really great addition to our HealthCast feed. So make sure you keep an eye out for that for a new episode at the end of this month. Sarah, what is our last trend to look out for in 2023? So I'm going to be adding on to Nikki's a little bit. I picked synthetic data. So synthetic data is generated from computer simulations or algorithms and provides alternatives to real world data. It's gaining traction in the healthcare space, increasingly being used to create AI models because it enables rapid experimentation and testing in a secure fashion. One way VA is using synthetic data is to develop plans to reduce veteran suicide. VA's Carolyn Clancy and Amanda Purnell co-authored a column on our site uh, last year, so check that out for more information. VA plans to develop a new pathway to generate synthetic data, which will preserve privacy while monitoring real veteran data and deriving meaningful insights. VA has a cloud-based platform where synthetic data can be generated but faces policy challenges. The VA currently doesn't have synthetic data policies, which makes it difficult to standardize and use synthetic data across the enterprise. This will be interesting to watch as we move into the new year. Data as a superpower, future of telehealth, and synthetic data, the top health IT trends for 2023. Truly, we are living in the future. I guess we'll have to check back in at the end of the year to see if you all were right in your predictions. But until then, keep an eye out for new health casts every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Alexander Bolova. I'm Sarah Seibert. I'm Catherine McPhail. I'm Nikki Henderson. Thank you for listening. HealthCast, along with GovCast and CyberCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. If you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at govcio.com.